You're listening to Power Producers Shop Talk, where we are refining and redefining the sales game by equipping you with the tools you need to differentiate yourself in the marketplace. Well, it's like when we audit the mod with Mod Advisor and are able to give them the action items that they're going to use to lower their total cost of risk. Tactical skills that will help you provide deliverable value to your clients and prospects. It's going to be a great year in 2022 at Florida Risk Partners now that IPFS is in the game with their total pay strategy. We can write excess and surplus lines and completely remove the agency bill from our agency. People, if you're not using total pay by IPFS, you're definitely leaving money on the table. And action items that you can provide to take your prospects and clients to the next level. Having partners like Mineral only bolsters the fact that your clients do not care about the insurance. It's all of the value that you're able to add. And with partners like Mineral who can help with both HR and environmental health and safety, we can't help but win. This is Power Producer Shop Talk. Production redefined. Are you ready to feel the power? What is going to happen to your agency if you don't have a plan? That's what we're talking about on Shop Talk today. We are back with Ms. Carrie Wallace from, you know, every time I say that, by the way, I keep thinking, Mrs. Mia Wallace <laughs> from Pulp Fiction. Every single time I introduce Carrie Wallace. Anyhow, that being said, we are getting into perpetuation plans today, and I hope everybody's ready to go on a wild ride, because she's going to call you out, people. She's going to tell you exactly why you need what she's cooking for dinner tonight. Carrie, <laughs> floor is yours. Oh, uh, David, here's the statistic that I hate. I literally hate it. 92% of independent insurance agencies have no perpetuation plan in place. That is incredible in my mind. That is say it one more time for the yeah. Say it one more time for the people in the back that heard it, thought they heard it, but now they had to turn it up. Ninety-two percent of independent agency owners have no perpetuation plan in place. None. Yeah, that's hard to believe. It is your biggest asset. For some, some it's your biggest asset, but I would tell you it's at least in the top five of your largest assets. If you're an agency owner that is building this business, I don't understand. I, I have to tell you, here's the thing. Any business that has three things should have a perpetuation plan because I get all the time, well, I'm only three years in. Maybe I don't need a plan yet. Okay, <laughs> here's the deal. If you have any... All, any of these three things, you should have a plan. Number one, if you have employees, you need a perpetuation plan. People's livelihood are depending on the business that you've created. Number two, if you have um, renewable income, retention of any kind inside your business, you should have a perpetuation plan that has value. So you should be doing something to make sure that your agency stays in business. And number three, if there are processes or procedures that are complicated at all and have some kind of difficulty of someone stepping in and being able to understand all the processes, processes and procedures, you should have a perpetuation plan. Independent agents check every single box. Right? So, I mean, 92% is obviously an insanely huge number. Like, why, why do you think that is so high? I think... 
Well, when I ask agents why they don't have a plan or why they don't know the value of their agency is I get the exact same answer every single time. Number one, it takes too much time. Number two, <laughs> it's a lot of detail and it's overwhelming. And number three, I don't know where to start. Or, I mean, honestly, it's fear. It's fear that my agency isn't worth what I think it should. It's, it's fear of I don't know who to transition to. I don't have all the answers yet. So therefore, I've not put anything down on paper. And it's super unfortunate. And here's the other thing. I mean, David said it. If you've got great talent inside your agency and you've got no plan for your business and you are at or nearing retirement age, if you don't think it's on their mind what your plan is, you're wrong. Because yeah. they are thinking, okay, I am working for this person, male, female, doesn't really matter. And I have no idea what their plan is. And at some point, I could be told they're selling externally. And what does that mean for me? Mm -hmm. it's, it's just, it blows my mind why we don't turn that and say, I have planned for my future, your future, and the future of the agency. And here's what you can expect and here's what your future can be here is so much stronger. And, you know, who doesn't want to build something together? So it, it, it blows my mind. It truly does. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like for those people who are afraid because they don't think the agency is where they want it to be in terms of value, like how, if you don't know that, like, like what that looks like, currently how on earth are you supposed to get it to where you're trying to go that doesn't make any sense in my brain it doesn't mind in mine either but it's that's like that's like that's like it's, uh, like like you start trying to work out but you you know you you, you want to be this like bodybuilder but you don't know what your body fat percentage is right now how much you weigh like i mean it, it that's ridiculous or you're like the guy that buys the electric ab stimulator and you just think it's going to happen if you strap on this device and sit on your couch wearing that thing. For so last episode when we were talking about the tech, I was, that's what I was thinking about in my head. I'm like, okay, that, you know, this is very similar to the people who just buy like they've got a Peloton and they've got a treadmill and they've got a rowing Easy, machine. Watch and they've your got mouth. A, you know watch what I'm talking mouth. about. And it's got, you know, the clothes are hanging on it and they've got an ab roller and they've got the perfect push up, And it's like, you know, but none of this stuff really, so it far, is. you haven't said any fit. box. Yeah, you haven't named a box that I haven't checked, my friend. <laughs> I've got them all. But color is perfect. I mean, honestly, people want to be thin and they want to be fit, so they purchase all of these things. But what if you don't use it, it doesn't matter. Same right. thing with tech. Mm. Same thing. So here's the other thing with the planning for your agency. I also think lots of agency owners think that having a conversation with another agency owner and saying, if in some point in time – if I um, haven't figured out how to sell my agency or transition internally, we have a handshake agreement that you will have, you'll buy my agency and vice versa. A conversation does not create a contract. And there are a lot of people ju that just have casual conversations over many years that never do anything with that conversation. And it's super unfortunate. I mean, if you've heard me talk or, or heard me speak ever, you know, one of the worst things that happen in my line of work is an agency owner calls me that didn't have a plan and that agency owner, or actually that agency owner's spouse calls me and they didn't have a plan and they pass away. Mm. And then 
the mayhem has ensued. Now we're we're in a rescue mode rather than a a proactive um, situation. Now it's a now it's a race against the clock to figure out how to salvage the value of this agency in a period of time when all the people surrounding that agency owner all they want to do is mourn the loss of someone that they love the most in this world. So mm -hmm. it is, it's super unfortunate. And, you know, I, I wish that I knew why people didn't plan Kyle, but I do believe that it's just time and avoidance of something that they think is going to not be a very enjoyable process. And they also don't want to think about ever leaving the industry. So here's the thing. Um, there's a lot of agency owners that struggle with what will I do after my agency? It's been such a huge part of their life. They don't want to wrestle with that. And when you talk to someone about building a perpetuation plan, in their minds, you're forcing them to think about something they really don't want to think about. It's like about. a will or so, a trust. I mean, it's it's the exact same thing. I mean, my wife and I talked about doing it for however long. We're like, yeah, we really need to do that. We really need to do that. And then like we just, it's just stuff that you don't want to think or talk about. And then, you know, our hand was forced when Nash was born. We're like, okay, we actually like really need to do this <laughs> because. So, yeah, I agree. Kyle, when I had, I have two curls and uh, we, we actually put our will and trust together um, about two months before we both boarded a plane to travel internationally the first time after mm -hmm. we had our kids. It was mm -hmm. like, I'd probably put that off and put that off and put that off until it was terrifying for me. And I know a plane is the safest way to travel. It didn't matter. It just, um, yeah. and what's interesting is nine 11 happened the second time we did that Oof. after our kids were born. If you, I mean, believe it or not, we really just didn't travel when we had little kids. And, um, it, it's just kind of funny to me that that's what drove me to finally get my ducks in a row, hmm. um, when it comes to that. But I think people, that's human nature. We put it off, right? Mm -hmm. So let's, we know that we don't do it. So let's talk about what we should do. First and foremost, you should have a disaster plan in place. If something were to happen to you as an agency owner, you should have a written document that says, given these uh, trigger points, and they, the key trigger points are death, disability, um, if you decide to leave, if there's two owners, if one of them goes bankrupt, or there's a performance problem, what happens to the ownership of that agency and you can tell some of them there are there are mechanisms in place and things that are in place that um, that are easier than others so let's take the first one if there's a catastrophic thing that happens to a single owner and there's a death that occurs who will continue to run the agency who knows where all of the passwords are access is in order to get into the systems that are needed to do that is there a licensed person that can interact with your carriers like you have to think about what that is document what would happen and hopefully have key man insurance in place in order to take care of your family that is first and foremost we we all know we're not invincible and we're not going to outlive uh, you know we haven't found the fountain of youth we all will at some point not be here so you need to make sure you have a plan in place for that. A trickier one is what happens if an agency owner becomes disabled or some person inside the agency that is a key employee? How will you handle that? Um, listen, how will they be compensated? What will happen? How will you replace that role? 
Do you have things documented to make sure that you know what is involved in that role to make sure someone could step in? You know, one of the best things an agency owner, any small business owner could do is cross train and then force people to take vacations so someone else has to do your job in your absence. <laughs> that is the best way to make sure that you have continuity in those key roles. Your operations people, your accounting people are key. They do a lot to run your agency, and that could be the owner doing it. It could be someone else. But if you don't have someone who knows exactly what's involved with that, the agency comes to a screeching halt. Um, there's an agency that that had an owner that uh, that honestly during COVID was not able to work for a period of time. No one had access to do payroll. Mm. No one knew how to reconcile commissions. It was all one person that had all of that knowledge. And it's just, it's not, it's not safe for the business to have that concentration of um, understanding in one person at any given time. So certainly think about that. <clears throat> Performance, when there's multiple owners, you have to have an agreement about what the expectation of performance is to be an owner and maintain ownership. Um, we hear all the time that there are owners that are retired in place. And if you are in partnership with someone, there has to be a clear expectation of what that means. And if you are not living up to that expectation, there has to be a recourse for the agency. A perpetuation plan is in place to protect the agency to continue into perpetuity. So there's there you have to think about it. How am I protecting this business and all the people that own the business collectively? And the best time to think about doing that is when things are good. The problem is when things are good, no one wants to think about it. When I bring these topics up, I feel like the Grim Reaper. Like mm. I bring every horrible situation up to make sure that you're planning for it. But the pro if you wait until the, you're faced with that problem and you don't have it outlined, you're really in a serious problem, probably litigation uh, or a, a situation where it's difficult to get out of. So you need to think about those things. Um, systematic transfer of ownership. Key employees, you need to outline, do they have a pathway to ownership? What does that look like? If there's multiple owners, agree upon it before um, one or both have, have um, family members that might come into the agency and think because they're family, they have an automatic uh, pathway to ownership. You know, it's one of the worst things that happen. But again, about 75% of independent insurance agency owners, um, they're family-run businesses. So the fact that family is involved is a, is a fact. You just have to have clear guidelines of what it takes in your agency to become an owner, who is eligible and what is that eligibility, and make sure that it's sound. And again, from the perspective of the business, is it setting the business up for success? Mm -hmm. And and really, if you start there, when when it's not even a factor, the time comes, it becomes something that you can fall back on. And everybody has a sense of, OK, we're making a business decision, not an emotional decision. So go ahead. Yeah. I was I was just going to say it's we've talked about on the podcast numerous times about driving a wedge with buy sell agreements and, you know, key person policies and things like that. And based on your 92% statistic doesn't seem like we're doing those own things in, in our agencies. It's interesting to me. Yeah. I, I just think sadly we trust people, but this is a business 
and we need to actually have things documented and run it like a business. And I'm all for trust and relationships, don't get me wrong, but I also want um, the comfort of knowing that we've discussed all of these things. I think that's also the problem that some of these topics don't get discussed until they're a problem. And had you had the conversation early in your career and revisited it as part of your partnership, it's a whole different situation. You know, the other thing I would tell you is, you know, the mechanism for buyout for all the different triggering events can't be the same. So an unexpected exit of an owner um, that is their decision, let's say it's not death and it's not disability, where disability insurance is in play and key man insurance is in play. But what if an owner just decides to exit? Their buyout can't be the same as the other two where there's financial, um, you know, there's, there's resources to help buy out that agency. So from the agency's perspective, we all have to agree what that will look like upon that exit, the mechanism, the timing of the payments, all of those things have to make sure that they protect the agency. So this thing takes some planning and some thought, um, and it really needs to be something that um, it, you can take a stepped approach to it as well. Like, here's the deal. If you know what the what the disaster plan is, if something happens to the agency owner, start there and then continue to build out all these other things if you're thinking about it. But not doing anything isn't the answer is what I would tell you. And the other the other thing is, you know, that whole thing of I don't know who would buy my agency if something happened to me. Here's the thing. If you don't have someone internally to buy your agency, but you have um, relationships in this industry of other agency owners that you trust, they've been your colleagues, you've been in a mastermind group with them, they, you've served on um, committees or you've interacted with them in the community, you have great respect, approach one of them to be the ones that could come in and run your agency to sell it externally should something happen to you. Because here's the reality, my husband would have no idea how to run my business if something happened to me. And I'm guessing Andrea, who is a wonderful person, doesn't know how to run an independent insurance agency. I'm guessing. Maybe I'm wrong on if that. If there was a I'm woman out there that had a fighting chance, that's the one. But no, you're 100% right. So here's the deal. Why would we ever put it on the people that don't have the experience to do it? Find someone who does and write an agreement that says you would step in do what needs to happen to sell my business externally, keep it running so it's not being a fire sale. And it could be someone internal, it could be someone external, but it has to be someone with the knowledge to do this to protect your asset and protect your family. So this is just an idea, you know, because there's a lot of stopping points that we don't make a plan, but you got to think outside the box here a little bit and make sure. And here's, if you write it down, review it every single year you might find that there's a better plan the next year or the year after, but make it part of your planning process and don't just write it down and forget it. Because again, you could say, hey, David's gonna sell my agency. Well, David left the industry and now is in Key West you know, on the beach and he wants nothing to do with selling someone else's agency at some point. You need to make sure that you're looking at your plan and you're revisiting it and you're, and you're really protecting the agency on a regular basis. Any things I missed, David? No, I just think from looking at it from my perspective, I think that where agents get messed up, there's two different places. Number one, emotional attachment. Um, 
it's not even that I don't, I don't even think it's as much about when they pass away, what's going to happen. Cause at that point it kind of is what it is. They know they need to plan for that. I think that, that it sounds good for people to say, Hey, I'm going to give you a piece of the action when you reach a certain stage in your career or whatever else. But then when that time comes, now you have a multi-million dollar agency and people simply don't keep their word. Like it's just the way that it is. Um, and that's unfortunate, which is goes back to why you should try and get that done on the front end. I got some really sage advice from a guy that was a um, VP of human resources for a billion dollar company very, very early in my career that says you negotiate the exit upon the entrance because there's never any kind of emotion involved. It's 100 percent of business discussion and you do that up front so that when the time comes, if the time comes and that person needs to exit for whatever the reason, there's no question about what was agreed upon because it was part of the employment offer. So I think that that's wise. I think the other thing is, and um, I think this is probably a very real concern, and I see it even with our regular clients. It has nothing. This isn't isolated just to the insurance industry because we're dealing with business owners across a variety of, of industries. Um they simply view it as being an expensive process, right? Granted, it takes time, but the absolute best time to get all of this stuff fixed is when you're brand new early on in the game and uh, you know, you're know you starting to lay the foundation for everything. Money's in a premium and, and people that just gets... Look, if you've got to have a couple thousand dollars for a lawyer or a couple thousand dollars for payroll that week, you're going to pick payroll 100% of the time. That's just the harsh reality of it. So... My question to you would be, and I don't mean to put you on the spot, but how do you ease that burden? Like, how do you, how do you explain to agency owners, Hey, look, this isn't like something that's going to cost you hundreds of thousands of dollars to do. Here's what it looks like. And this is why it's important because I think that there's probably a misconception that's, that's, and I would imagine it's founded on the fact that this is a somewhat legal deal. And so we think about attorney's fees and how much that stuff costs and expense and how expensive it is and everything. And we automatically go, I can't afford it right now. I can't afford it right now. Even though the response is you can't afford not to do it. The harsh reality is people aren't going to bounce checks for perpetuation planning. So here's the thing. That's a fantastic point. And number one, I think having the right expectations. So I, I point blank tell any agency owner that I'm working with that, um, getting a valuation, if you're $2 million and below in, in revenue, is $3,000. Start there. you got to know what you own in order to protect it. So that's, that's um, step number one. Then you have to do some scenario analysis for each of these decisions to make sure that you um, are protecting the agency in each of these triggering events. So the analysis part of that is step two. Or if you're thinking about an internal transition right now, you got to think about will it be funded? So that is done on a project basis based on that agency and the average of expense to do that analysis, which is still just me, um, that is anywhere from $1,500 to $2,500, depending on the hours that it takes. Then we, I actually introduce them to lawyers that know this business. That's the other thing. Don't go to a lawyer that doesn't know what an independent insurance agency is. Sadly, I've seen contracts written that reference a multiple of premium, by the way. Like, they just don't understand our business. Um, so make sure you go to someone who knows what is involved. And depending on 
your corporate structure, your situation, they will give you a range to say, this is what it will take to get a perpetuation plan, a buy-sell in place, producer contracts in place, operating agreements in place if those are not already done, which is very common to not actually have an operating agreement that is written down. And you you actually can, you know, understand what it is based on your agency. That one, it's difficult for me to give you a range, David, because it really does depend on how complicated that corporate structure is and what they have in place versus what they don't have in place. But people who know how to do this and have worked with independent agents are the ones you want to go to. Otherwise, you can go to a lawyer or an accountant that doesn't understand a tax you know, a tax expert that doesn't understand our business and spend way too much money and still have something that's garbage. So I would tell you, um, go through the process and a buy-sell agreement is not going to make or break anybody. To get all of the agreements in place could be an investment, but it, you have to start with something that protects your business. And I would also tell you that um, not doing it will be far more costly than doing it. There's no two ways around that. I mean, if you want to sell your agency at a deep, deep discount, it will impact your future, your retirement, and your family. So um, I wouldn't be afraid of the cost. I would actually take a stepped approach and, and really get educated about what's out there and what's required. What's the very first thing that any agency principal needs? If they're going to take a stepped approach, what's the very first step? know the value of what the asset is that we're protecting. So you have would, to get a valuation done of your agency. I would say the very, well, you said it a different way. I would say your first step should be to call Carrie because that's what <laughs> she does. Yeah. And I know that, you know, look, here's the other thing. And I think this is also very real. People, everybody's got dirty, cor dirty corners in their kitchen, right? And I think that, and, and you've heard me say this verbatim directly to you. I got some stuff I got to clean up, right? We start yep. we start running agencies and we you know we we uh, think we're doing a good job but the next thing you know you're sliding the debit card for a couple of things you probably shouldn't and you're worried about what's on the balance sheet or whatever else and you have to, you're looking for everything to be absolutely perfect not because you want it to be perfect but because you're going to be embarrassed if you bring somebody in who's going to be a professional and and tell you hey you can't do this you can't do this when you know already you shouldn't and we let that embarrassment be a block of bringing somebody in that could really fix the problems that we're having in our agency so i would tell you um, and, and I'm being dead serious when I say this. I'm not saying it simply because she's the guest on the podcast, but I can promise you I have seen how Carrie interacts with agencies when she gets involved, and that's not the situation. You're not going to be embarrassed. You know, we're going to have a guest on the podcast um, here. We're going to record it, I think, when we come back, either next week, right before Key West, or when we come back with agency CFO, with Roe, who goes in and does outsourced bookkeeping and CFO services. Exactly the same thing with them, right? Agencies know they need the help in the financial segment of their, their, their operation, but they're embarrassed to bring somebody in because they know they've done things sloppily or they've done things that aren't necessarily the way they should be done. And rather than bite the bullet and say, Today, we're drawing a line in the sand. We're getting better every day starting today. They just don't do it because it's a matter of embarrassment. And unfortunately, that gets in the way of what really needs to be done. I think I think that that's probably the case as much as anything else. 
I appreciate that, David. Honestly, one of the best compliments I got was from um, an agency owner that I've known since I entered this industry. And he said, Carrie, it's scary. It's just scary. But I trust you to not judge me and actually be my partner and help me. And there is no judgment in this. Listen, we're all, I'm a business owner. We're all business owners. And, and this is about getting you protected, just like you help your clients get protected. And, and it's about trust in a relationship. So I appreciate that. It's actually something I pride myself on is that I'm approachable and not, uh, and don't lead with judgment because there's no place for that. Yep. Agreed. People, get a value on your agency and start figuring this stuff out. It will help you with recruiting. It will help you with retention. It will help you with culture. There is nothing bad that is going to come from having a perpetuation plan formalized in your agency. End of story. Now, go enjoy your weekend where you can think about how you're going to handle the perpetuation planning in your agency and producers listening to this. I highly recommend if you don't know whether or not your agency that you're working at has a perpetuation plan, go ask. Find out. You don't want to be the guy that shows up to work Monday morning and find out your boss had a fatal heart attack over the weekend, and now all of a sudden you don't know what's going on. This is as much for your own good and your own outlook as anything else. So everybody, have a great weekend. We'll catch you next time. See ya. been listening to power producers shop talk you can follow us at the power producers podcast on facebook and instagram and if you want to take your game to the next level check out our commercial insurance training course at killingcommercial.com or visit amazon to pick up a copy of our international best-selling book the extra two minutes